This is Agree to Disagree with Mike Brzezuda and Bob Labriola. Yeah, I'm looking at you. I'm looking at you, Sparty, the guy with the Michigan State tattoo on his butt. Uh, you, you, I'm looking at you. I'm the last, to 15. The last, the, last time, the last time you were right, Art Modell's team was playing in Cleveland. Of the last time more. you were right, the Big Ten was actually relevant in football. And that'll be another 15. <laughs> You're just not allowed to do this stuff anymore. Why not? Against the rules. Huh. I was just staring at you. I didn't bump you or anything. You're not even allowed to look at me with that look <laughs> on your face. Welcome to another should-be-award-winning edition of Agree to Disagree, the show with the motto, I'm, I'm right, right, he's wrong. wrong. That's a, that's a, the motto is a taunt. We <laughs> taunt each other. It's beautiful. Uh, it's, it evens out. What do they call that? Uh, offsetting offsetting penalties? penalties? doesn't matter. I love, that's my favorite call in football. Offsetting penalties. Throw the flags all over the field and say, these guys did something, and then these guys did something, so never mind. Right. It didn't really happen. Yeah. Get, go into to Doc, uh, what's his name from um, Back to the Future's Time Machine, and it never happened. Yeah. You know, if they ever have a rule that you can't taunt the officials, I'm done. I'm out. Well, the, you'd be thrown out. You'd, you'd have more 15-yard penalties than any fan in NCAA history. More yellow than Heinz Field <laughs> on a Sunday <laughs> afternoon. <laughs> or, you know, the more, oh, I thought, I was thinking about seats, and I was going to say more yellow than a Saturday afternoon when Pitt's playing an FCS team. <laughs> okay, here we go. Statement number one. That was kind of a taunt at Pitt there. Uh, that's I'm, I'm getting penalties. I mean, yeah. I, how many can you give me before you throw me out of here? Please do it before we're done with this. <laughs> okay, statement number one. Leave the O-line the way it is. Banner is a backup. I'm going to reluctantly agree, but I'm going to apply an asterisk. Um, leave it the way it is when the ball kicks off against the Detroit Football Lions. Uh, continue to monitor the situation. I uh, wasn't happy with the uh, acknowledged uh, step back in that Chicago game. I uh, don't know what you can count on from this line from, from week to week. Hell, I don't know what you can count on from quarter to quarter or series to series. Uh, I like continuity. I like giving guys a chance to develop, but you also have to win games now. So, for the time being, I'll agree, but uh, don't hold me to it. Uh, I'm going to agree uh, with the statement as well, uh, and uh, but I, I I respect everything you said about you need to win games now. Uh, you 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 can only pay so much respect to developing young players and that kind of stuff. I just don't know that putting Zach Banner in the game or in the lineup fixes it. This is a valid point. Um, and I, you know, I'm not I'm not trying to rip Zach Banner or anything. I, I, I'm just not. But the the way if you if you decide to put Banner in, okay, the accompanying moves I believe are this: uh, you got to move Chooks from the right to the left, uh, because Banner isn't a left tackle. You pull Dan Moore, yes, and then you put Banner in at right tackle. Yeah, you know that doesn't stop your center from getting bull rushed into the backfield. It does not. And, and, there's no, and there's no fix there. I mean, you're living with that. Right. Okay. And But the guy on the left, uh, that's I really got my eye on him. And, you know, kudos to the job he did against Miles Garrett. It's a lot to ask, and he, he battled willingly. But I still think that was more Ben Roethlisberger understanding that Dan Moore couldn't block Miles Garrett and get rid of the ball quickly. Uh, um, Matt Canada, uh, can I come in and talk to you for a minute? I just checked. It's okay. It's not against the rules to put somebody uh, over there 
with Dan Moore to help him. I believe the quarterback did that on what became a touchdown pass to the tight end. Yes. Um, and it's not necessary to go empty so much. It's just not. You know, put Derek Watt in there. Put, um, you know, uh, Kevin Rader in as a tight end over there. What Whatever needs to be done, um, you know, I think there are things that, you, that can be explored, um, you know, to help Dan Moore. Because I, I'll say this, too, and, and I didn't frame my response to this first statement based on this, but it sure didn't sound like Mike Tomlin was uh, very much interested in uh, – changing the personnel grouping and that starting offensive line. No, I get that impression as well, but for some reason uh, people are fixated on Zach Banner, mostly because most people don't keep their eye on the ball. Yes, I made a baseball analogy. <laughs> that goes for fans. That goes for media. At least we're talking about the right stuff here. Even though you're wrong. And, and even though <laughs> I'm right. You get I'm another taunting taunting again. penalty. Just, they're, they're piling up. You're doing it, it – uh, just don't find You're running me. a foul of the you, law. You can't find me. We almost have anarchy. You, you can't. <laughs> right. Dogs and cats living together. Mass hysteria. Point number two, that close call against the Bears will serve as a wake-up call this week against the Detroit Lions, who are rebuilding since either 1955 or 1957. <laughs> the Bobby Lane curse yeah. still in effect. It's been a while. Yeah, well, and he's he only put the curse on them for 50 years. I guess they've been doing it themselves ever since like 2007. But anyway, um, I, I'm going to disagree with that. I, I just don't believe that those kinds of things have any carryover. Um, I don't uh, – well, let me put it this way. It hasn't had any carryover the last, I don't know, 15, 20 years or so um, necessarily. I, I just don't think it's an automatic. Um, and so um, – so I disagree. I, I, I really have no um, solid reasoning behind it, except I can just call on what I remember and have seen in the past. Tom, and I'd like that to be a drop for future shows. I really have no solid reasoning behind <laughs> it. it. It comes up more than he acknowledges. See? Offsetting penalty. That was a little bit of a passive-aggressive Off- time. <laughs> I was taunting you through shirtless Tom. I didn't directly taunt you. Offsetting penalty. I penalties. ran to my bench and said, boy, is that guy a moron. <laughs> let's let's run down to the end zone now and take a picture. Yeah. Um, but anyway. It's going to take us a while. <laughs> okay. You're Why don't up. we walk and take two pictures? <laughs> you get it? Take them all. See what I did there? Walk and take yeah. them all. I'm going to disagree as well. Um, I don't think a wake-up call is necessary. I don't think the performance against the Bears uh, necessarily reflected a team that had been asleep or taking anything for granted. I think Justin Fields started playing his backside off in that fourth quarter. That throw he made when when he got inside Alex Highsmith, scrambling left and turning and dropping it right in the bucket to Mooney in the end zone, that was majestic stuff. I mean, this kid, we talked on various programs before the game, he's got the goods. Just didn't think he'd necessarily be ready. I think he started, you know, some stuff started to click, and then Steelers invited, throwing it down the field. They went heavy box and a lot of man coverage and said, we don't think you can do this. Well, how do you like me now? <laughs> Not very much. But, I, you know, the, the point I'm trying to make and laboring to do so is that – You got that one on tape? Yeah. <laughs> I credit Chicago for playing better than I thought Chicago would, Fields in particular. And the Steelers, at least as Mike Tomlin said, knuckled up and did what they had to do at the end of the game. That punt return, though, oh, don't get me started on that. Yeah, 
What? One job. Do your job. I mean, come on. That's what really. Yeah, you know, I'm hearing all this stuff about officiating and defensive collapse, and oh my god, just catch the punt and hold the punt, which is really the most important part. <laughs> he knows how to catch the punt. Right. He doesn't know how to hold on to the punt. If that doesn't happen, it's a ten point game. There's six minutes and change left. You run some time off, punt it back, and it's a ten point win. Didn't I just read the last one? No. Yeah, I did. Okay. I'll read this one now. <laughs> yeah, I don't I don't want to take your turn. I mean I'll get another taunting penalty. <laughs> Statement number three. Eric Ebron is the best alternative if Chase Claypool's toe Chase Claypool's toe injury sides sidelines him for this week's game and maybe beyond. Disagree. And you had me at Eric Ebron is the best alternative. That's where the disagree comes in. Oh, doesn't doesn't matter what you're <laughs> applying to that. Uh, no, I mean, no offense to Ebron. I think just the way things have developed, he's kind of on the outside looking in. Um, I'm a big fan of multiple tight ends. And, uh, you know, if you don't have Claypool, you still have Deontay Johnson and James Washington. I'd like to see more two tight end if you have everybody healthy. Uh, I think Zach Gentry uh, might be the most improved player on the team. Uh, I think he gives you options blocking and passing. Um, I want to see them, you know, to your point, help the line. Tight ends can do that. It's easier to do that when you have two of them out there. Um, or three. Or three. And I think you and I are both in agreement also that uh, Kevin Rader is at least NFL quality as a third tight end special teams guy. Yes. So he can be on the roster. Um, yeah. Yeah. Uh, I hope Chase Claypool's healthy, but uh, I can find ways to work around uh, using Eric Ebron as my uh, salve on that wound. Well, let me say this. I'm going to um, agree with the statement, disagree with you, uh, with with a couple of caveats. Um, I think that if Chase Claypool is missing for more than a week, um, I, I do believe I, – I wouldn't want to go through the rest of the season – with the core of wide receivers constituted as they are right now. I do think uh, you need to have another kind of a threat uh, to complement the guys that you mentioned. No Juju, no Chase Claypool for me uh, is a little bit too much of a, a hurdle to get over. So what I would do in terms of using Eric Ebron as an alternative, I'm not saying I would uh, line him up uh, as often uh, as Chase Claypool is out on the field, but I would have him capable of doing some things that Chase Claypool does. Certain routes, um, certain combinations, certain groupings, maybe use Ebron out there uh, as a way to at least make the defense respect that uh, the areas of the field that Claypool typically works. Uh, I wouldn't use it as a full-time thing. Uh, I wouldn't make it a regular thing because I think defenses would quickly adapt to it and get the kind of people covering Ebron that are not covering him when he plays tight end, if you know what I mean. Uh, I don't know that Eric Ebron's receiving skills would translate as well if he was being uh, covered by you know, a number one or number two corner as opposed to uh, you know, a nickel or dime corner and or a safety or a linebacker. 
So you still want to try and preserve that situation, but I do think you want to also occupy uh, the opposing defense with a receiver who is a little bit better than Ray Ray McLeod or maybe they bring up Anthony Miller from the practice squad. I'm, Cody White. Cody White. Um, and again, I'm not uh, rejecting those guys necessarily, but I just want to s- at least have some more options on the table than they would currently have with the grouping, uh, the, the receiver group that they have right now. Or, and you covered a lot of ground there in a short period of time, just throw it to Friermuth more. Okay. Well, like, I get it. Correct me if I'm wrong. When they drafted him, everybody said, boy, this guy's great. What a great pick this is. This is really going to help. And then throughout the OTAs, everybody said, boy, this guy's great. He's a great guy to have on your team. He's really going to help. And then in training camp, everybody said, stay with me. Boy, this guy's great. This is really going to help. And then the regular season came, and they didn't throw him the ball. And the last couple of weeks, they've thrown him the ball, and he's got three touchdowns in two games, and I think that stuff is sustainable. Oh, I don't disagree at all. I'm just saying that, um, you know, the other team has coaches too, and that's not always Thank necessarily God. a shot. Um, <laughs> but I, I think that if Fryermuth continues on the track that he's on, and I would be certainly in favor of the Steelers doing everything in their power and the quarterback – doing everything in his power because he's the guy with the ball in his hand. He Let's is, not forget that. He has some influence. That, yes. Um, that, uh, Why does he keep jagging him, by the way? Fryermuth. Yeah, every time Fryermuth comes up, he says, hey, he's okay for a rookie or some little shot he takes. I don't know. I mean, trying to keep him in line, keep him uh, working hard, keep yeah, him hungry. You know, I mean, he's um, fans might think he's Heath, but don't forget, Heath and number seven were boys. Yeah. And so I think he just wants to remind him that despite what he might hear, be hearing from the Hinesfield crowd every time he catches the ball, he's not in that league yet. Not yet. Not yet. Right. Don't not saying he can't get there, um, but he still has a ways to go. Uh, but I do think though that if Fryermuth continues on the pace that he's been on the last couple of weeks, uh, the other team might start viewing him in a little different light. That's fine. Yeah. Um, Still going to be a matchup issue. I understand. And, again, I'm just talking about options. I'm not saying ignore him. The or, big guys are too slow and the little guys ain't big enough. The fast little guys. Again, uh, I'm all in favor of throwing him the ball yeah. more. Particularly when you get down in that area that's kind of near the end zone. Where they pour the ketchup out of the yeah, bottles what on they call the, that? the red zone. Yeah, that's the place. Yeah. Yeah, yeah okay. All right, so there's that one of those. Maybe they would have scored more points the other night, and they wouldn't. Well, as you be heard, saying that as the you guy heard, getting a taunting penalty decided the game. <laughs> I, I don't know if the Bears are saying that. A lot of people are saying, yeah, well, which is stupid. It's stupid. Oh, absolutely, it's stupid. Yeah, um, and it's I'm stupid because a you're stupid to do it, and b it's stupid to think that that decided the game. And um, I don't understand. You know, a lot of people who have, who lived through the player safety initiative in 2010, it's it doesn't matter what anyone thinks or how much they complain. The NFL wants this, so the officials are going to call it, and they don't care if it decides games. By the way, I'm, I'm with the coach on this one, and Merrill Hodge, I, I am in agreement with this uh, emphasis. Um, you know, as, as I try and tell people, and that's fine that you are. It doesn't matter what you think, though. No. 
doesn't matter what the fans think. It doesn't matter what the commentators think. It doesn't matter because over the course of a bye week, James Harrison went from a guy who never, ever was penalized for an unnecessary roughness or personal fouls to a guy who was a, a villain of the league. Yeah, and it's, this one conversely, I mean, if you didn't see this coming as somebody who's involved, then you just weren't paying attention. You weren't paying because attention. notice was given, emphasis was made in the priest. Everybody knew the score coming in. Yes. Um, it's like getting mad at the sun for rising in the east. <laughs> uh, it's the way it is. And that'll do it for this should-be award-winning edition of Agree to Disagree. I was he's, way better than you. You brought this episode He's the down. wrong one. I'm the right Thank one. Thank God we got through it. Talk to you all next week. You're not good at this. <laughs>